Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. And today I'm joined by Kelsey Zeiser, who is both the co-host of the Light Reading Podcast and today's guest. Hello, Ta-da! Kelsey. Hello. <laughs> You're doing double duty. How do you uh, how, how do you prepare for that exactly? Um, I go into a uh, special lab and they <laughs> clone me and there's some glitches. Oh. So, oh, no. uh, you know, um, I've got like a finger missing. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was about to say the, gl- the, the glitches sounded like they just started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> error. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind of how I feel uh, in the in the summertime as well. So we're, we're still we're still in the middle of summer. We're in that we're in the or I should say the the non super busy trade show time is is how the telecom world defines summer. <laughs> Like sometime between March and October, the world just kind of seizes up and doesn't do much. And, so. and then all of Europe goes on vacation for like an entire month. And I know you can't yeah, even reach they, their PR people. You know, it's the, bad the when entire, the PR people aren't even there. The entire internet output of Europe uh, for the next three weeks is just going to be out of office messages. That's <laughs> coming back <laughs> to the U.S. That's that's all they're good for right now. Yep. But uh Anyway, hopefully somewhere, someone is sitting on a beach and listening to this podcast (laughs) because they need to know about SD-WAN. It's not just a big deal. It's a a big deal that keeps surprising people with how, how big it remains and how much more market share these companies, you know, have potentially than maybe we thought about when it first sort of got going. Um, first it was just going to be this handy little replacement for a really expensive telco service MPLS. And now it's this, uh, juggernaut, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of, um, it's sort of replacing and, and reshaping all of enterprise networking. And, uh, and of course it's a massive product for, you know, not just the carriers, but also a ton of other companies as well. Right. And actually that's a great place to start. Let's talk about a, how big the market is or how big people are saying it is. And then B, how many vendors are there? Because it does seem to be a crowded space that doesn't, that still seems to be supporting lots and lots of companies. Right. Exactly. Um, so according to IHS market um, in a release in March of this year, they said that SUN revenue hit 359 million in Q4 of 2018. And some of the top vendors were uh, VMware with a market share of 20%, Cisco at 14%, and Arioc at 12%. Um, and I would say just having watched IHS markets reports over the past two years or so, that that's yeah. been pretty much the case. Those have been the top players for a few years now, um, even with the acquisitions of Viptela by Cisco. And um, well, I guess VMware probably is the shift that probably used to be you know, that was VeloCloud's uh, position at the top, but now right. it's VMware yeah. since they've acquired it. So that makes Yeah. And sense. Cisco got in there with a couple of different acquisitions mm-hmm. as well. So it's like, it's a, it's a market that the big guys are dominating, right. but dominating via acquisitions of startups or smaller companies, but still, I mean, multi-billion dollar market for sure. Right. And then your other question about how many vendors have been in the market or how many are are currently, that's pretty interesting because uh, the analysts that I've talked to generally say that they're around 
30. Uh, and that seems to have stayed pretty constant. Uh, you know, it's possible that some have come and gone, but the 30 number is something I was hearing back at like the end of 2017. When we were doing the prep for the Leading Lights Awards, um, we were looking at different companies, you know, different ways that companies had innovated in different areas. Now, of course, there was a couple of companies that entered in SD-WAN and also into security. So I sort of saw some of the cybersecurity efforts around around that. But it was interesting to me that there were still new companies in SD-WAN that I had not heard of. Mm -hmm. And when I went back and looked, I was like, I thought this market was consolidating. <laughs> I thought right. everybody was buying everybody and it was just going to keep getting smaller. And then the numbers were going to keep getting bigger. But that really hasn't been the case. Every time someone goes away, a couple more startups mm -hmm. uh, come along and they seem to all be picking their spots in terms of what they're, um, what they're sort of leaning into in terms of their, you know, they all kind of have a little bit of a specialization, mm -hmm. like, um, like, oh, these guys are like Talari, the company that Oracle acquired. They were very much all about the security and the predictability of an MPLS circuit and replicating that in a in a more efficient way. Mm -hmm. So they they weren't like bells and whistles right. with security and apps and all the other things. They were very much about the connectivity oriented part. So it's like each one just kind of picks a major and 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 I guess that that in turn has allowed for more room for startups to pop up. Right. And like Talari is a great example that you mentioned. Um, companies like that have been maybe doing WAN optimization for a long time. And then SD-WAN started to blow up and then they kind of tried to find their niche there um, and maybe redirect it a little bit. But it has been interesting that there are so many companies still in this space. Um, but I did talk to heavy reading principal analyst Sterling Perrin recently, and um, his focus mm -hmm. is on uh, optical transport and, of course, SD-WAN. And he was saying that, uh, you know, in the near future, we'll probably see a few of these startups go away as they start to lose funding. Um, and then, you know, we could see some more acquisitions of some of the smaller companies by the bigger ones, such as the, you know, with Cisco and VMware, companies that yeah. have historically worked well uh, with enterprises on other business services, and they've got that brand recognition, then acquiring those smaller SD-WAN companies and having that as an offering and the enterprises that have historically worked with them are looking to them as um, for that service. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there, there's definitely going to, I, I definitely feel like there's there's going to be room for consolidation. I think part of the whole strategy of a consolidator at this point is to wait for the price to be right. So mm -hmm. I think some of these things will happen in tandem. Startup won't, it'll lose a little bit of backing. It won't be able to get that next round of funding. It'll sort of retrench and hunker down around the handful of customers that it has. And then of course the valuation will stabilize and go down and then they might be more susceptible to offers or they might just start shopping themselves. So mm -hmm. it's, um, uh, definitely going to be cyclical. Um, so speaking of acquisitions, you know, uh, we talked about uh, Cisco buying Victella, VMware uh, buying VeloCloud. Um, have those acquisitions paid off? Um, you know, because they were they were thought to be kind of expensive at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they definitely have, and I think you can see that also reflected in 
IHS markets report that they're still at the top of the list there. Um, so those were smart moves for those companies. And, um, you know, perhaps they could have gone with a different SD-WAN vendor and done well. I think uh, something that Sterling mentioned was them just having that brand power and that uh, he was saying that their DNA is in providing those business services to enterprises that, um, right. you know, that's what they were really looking for. Their customers is that brand recognition. So I think that's helped them a lot. And, um, you know, it was just a, it was a smart move uh, for both companies. And uh, Viptela, I think, helped Cisco go in some new directions with SD-WAN um, versus just yeah. Meraki. So uh, yeah, yeah, they had had they, they they had a couple of different offerings, and they ended up consolidating or sort of, you know, using different offerings for different um, use cases. Um, back to the whole uh, sort of the point of SD WAN and sort of what it's evolved into. Um, what, what's your reporting revealed in terms of how, you know, SD WAN started as more you know mm-hmm. like an MPLS replacement, like we said, very connectivity oriented. But w- what's it evolving into, and is that you know, is MPLS under threat uh, because there's this cheaper alternative mm-hmm. out there? Yeah, that's a great question. So initially, uh, there was this idea that SD-WAN would probably replace MPLS, but the conversation changed uh, back in at least midsummer 2017 to SD-WAN and MPLS, because there are applications that enterprises Hmm. need to ensure access to all the time. And SD-WAN, for all that it can do, there are some things that MPLS is just, you know, of course, really good at. (laughs) Uh, So they both kind of have their place. And there's also the issue of, you know, enterprises not wanting to... uh, We always talk about like rip and replace, like they've made their investments and MPLS. And um, there are plenty of verticals like the financial market, for example, that really need um, that that type of level of service. Um, So the conversation shifted from SD-WAN or MPLS to both and. Um, And Uh Sterling was saying that, you know, SD-WAN, it's more of a cap and grow strategy as far as it might cap the growth uh, for MPLS. So we might not see it growing as much in the future, um, but it'll still be needed for many years to come just because these enterprises have specific requirements for guaranteed traffic and high reliability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking too, that like from a business point of view, if you've got MPLS in place and you're running a high margin service over it, Mm -hmm. you know, like say to the financial institutions or something like that. Yeah, don't touch it. You right. Know, just, exactly. <laughs> it's like, if you're if you're already making money on yeah. it, and then you know, it's like, would you really go through all the trouble just to, um, you know, take care of that one little um, item on the, you know, just just for that one little bit of savings mm-hmm. when you're already, you know, making enough uh, on a thing? So I I can certainly see his point there that like there's going to be a lot of services that they just go, okay, well we won't ever buy any more in right. PLS, but but they're going to leave it in place for, you know, probably a pretty long time. Um, 
So this is a good place to um, to pause for a break. I don't know if you if the microphone is picking it up, but Rosie's <laughs> got a bell collar. My cat, it catches that she's, a little bit. She's she's literally pacing back and forth, and I can hear the bell going off. So I'm she's like, <laughs> I'm going to use the break too. That's right. <laughs> she's directing the podcast once again, so I'm going to use the break to tend to her, and uh, we will be right back on the Light Reading Podcast. <laughs> We're back. Welcome back to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey, and I am talking to Kelsey Zeiser, my co-host. Hello, Kelsey. Hello, Phil. And you are also our guest today because you're covering SD-WAN. We're talking about SD-WAN, and I have more questions about SD-WAN. <laughs> Hooray! So I guess this is the kind of the convergence part of this whole technology story. Um, Verizon and AT&T both talked about using 5G as part of their SD-WAN offerings. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's interesting to me because you're, I, I don't really, um, I don't really know what the, the pitch was, but it sounded like it was something that was a little bit more than just pure connectivity, right? Yeah. They were saying that uh, 5G could be used for dedicated network slices um, that ah, could okay. improve SD-WAN's ability to manage traffic and prioritize applications. So uh, Roman Paceswitch with uh, AT&T was describing it as adding intelligence through 5G. Um, you could slice the network, uh, add in specific performance of your applications and use cases and um Orange Business Services. I also talked with um, Didier Durias, quite the last name, uh, with Orange at uh, Mobile World Congress. And he was saying that he felt like uh, 5G would be another boost for SD-WAN adoption and create more opportunities around it. Yeah, the network slicing side sounds very tempting because Mm -hmm. you you can offer that kind of that connection without, you know, um, well, you can partition it off so that 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 part of the connection is just used for that one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard it could be handy in terms of, um, and and I, and I suppose they're they're talking about this from a maybe from a connectivity, but also like a failover point of right. view. Like so, maybe they have the fiber, and then it fails over to the the S, uh, the five G part of SD WAN. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder is it's still too early for the network slicing part. Has anybody been putting 5G or you know SD-WAN to work with 5G in any other way uh, yet that you know of? Not that I'm aware of. Um, yeah, it's still in the pretty nascent stages. Um, I think they're just predicting that as 5G develops, you know, where you can move SD-WAN over to like 4G LTE as a circuit type if the broadband connection drops. 5G, I imagine, could do the same, but then you're also yeah. adding in that layer of intelligence. But, uh, you know, seeing it in action, that's still still pretty early. And um, so maybe we'll hear more later this year, probably a lot more in yeah. 2020, I would say. Um, so it it's, is, it's pretty know. early to say just what the 
impact of 5G will be on SD-WAN. Yeah, but I can see it being a, a very uh, tempting thing mm-hmm. to explore because when you think about what SD-WAN does, it really is is sort of the um, the the newer updated software defined you know um, version of all of your enterprise services that are connectivity delivered or connectivity oriented and 5g is essentially the same thing on the cellular side right so so it's like a the two should get along great because you have the added ability to dig deeper into the connection and then by virtue of that do different things you know with the connect the connectivity itself but also do different things about um how the traffic behaves, Mm -hmm. how you partition traffic and that sort of thing. It just seems like you could maybe guarantee certain types of traffic in a little bit more of an intelligent way all the way through the the network. Um, Maybe you couldn't quite do that with, with, uh, you know, with it on the LTE side. Mm -hmm. And it's probably coming at a good time as more and more businesses are having larger mobile workforces having... Yeah. Those different capabilities that they can add into their SD-WAN portfolio to meet the needs of teleworkers um, and mobile workers, that'll be important. Well, that brings up a good um, kind of a last question or last area, which is sort of, so that's AT&T, that's Verizon. You know, they're probably primarily focusing on large enterprises, but as we just talked about the potential there could be interesting. You, you know, you get, you get these really inexpensive, um, uh, CPE devices. You, you, you could probably use them at smaller and smaller companies, especially if you're connecting over a network slice of 5g mm-hmm. or a 4g LTE. So I wonder, is it, is, does it have a lot of potential to go down market and be a, um, a really cost-effective enterprise networking solution? Um, for, you know, for, for smaller and smaller companies, or is the opposite happening? And it's just going to be like um, an enterprise sort of flight to quality Mm -hmm. thing. No, it is definitely um, as it's maturing, it's moving more down market and you're seeing more smaller businesses that are becoming interested in SD-WAN. And this also opens up more of the managed service opportunity um, for you know, resellers and also service providers like AT&T, Verizon, and, and many others to offer SD-WAN. We're also seeing more cable companies. Um, they were a little bit late to the party, but they're coming in as well. Um, and they don't have, you know, like Comcast doesn't have that MPLS um, background to worry about. Uh, they don't have to right. worry about cannibalizing their own services oh, by offering SD-WAN, yeah. which the telcos. So they have a little bit of kind of a unique leg up um, in that area yeah. where cable companies still have a little ways to go is in the business services area because they've been historically more consumer driven. Um, so they need to work on their branding and, and customer service and uh, letting people know that they can really provide quality business services. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting challenge for them because they've got the, um, like you said, they don't have to worry about it on the sales right. side. They're, they're not cannibalizing anything. So it's, it's pure margin, but on the operational side, they're not used to providing that kind of, um, 
really high quality SLA driven mm-hmm. type of connection. Yeah. Um, you know, in a way that was for more than just pure bandwidth. Exactly. So that that's something um, that they'll need to, um, you know, work on. Uh, but but they do have a unique approach there, and they're more cable companies are are entering this space as well. And um, as I said, as it goes down market, and that that managed service model is gaining traction versus the do-it-yourself approach because these smaller businesses maybe don't have the resources that the larger enterprises do as far as in-house IT to, you know, set up their SD-WAN. So they're looking to service providers and resellers to kind of do the dirty work or, you know, figure it out, make it easier for them to consume. And then, you know, a lot of these providers are also delivering dashboards and ways for these companies to, Uh, get more visibility into their applications, for example, um, which perhaps they didn't have in the past. But uh, there's still some growing pains. I've heard of some businesses layering IPsec tunnels on top of the security in SD-WAN and then reducing the visibility that they have. Uh, So there's still some, Hmm. you know, learning curves there, so to speak. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I guess the... the for for distributed businesses, it sounds like a great idea because you you get all the intelligence and the reporting, and mm-hmm. then the feel of you know kind of like with a with any VPN type situation, you get that feel of being all in the exact same spot. Um, and then I guess another added benefit for businesses if they do have that application level visibility, it's being able to tell you know. Hey, what are people spending? Right. Are they looking at cat videos and then, you know, prioritizing right. traffic yeah. accordingly? Um, it's important. And this is why I work from home because I just have the cat here all the time. I don't have to have the video, and I can. I'm actually more productive that way, except when she's total terror. But the the other part of that is like you, you know, there are so many um, software licenses for things that people mm-hmm. never use, and they might have, you know, I'm just thinking about you know, a enterprise with like a hundred people, maybe they bought like a 20 seat license for some software and three Mm -hmm. people are using it. You know, it's like, Oh, but they could also have turned that to a five seat license and saved all those, you know, all those dollars, those little things you can kind of, uh, I don't know. Those are, that's maybe a little tiny benefit, but not to a company that's a hundred person, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a, and it's there a bigger are, deal. Um, you know, some service providers are offering tiered service so you can get the, they call it like the concierge or like white glove treatment, um, you know, where you have all the bills and whistles or you can just have your, <laughs> the, it comes with a butler. <laughs> that's know? right. They only deliver it when it's like, hello. <laughs> Here's your SD1 and some premium coffee. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see what all. Yeah, no. Probably not a free butler. Um, no, probably not. That's not <laughs> right. Seems like that would add cost, but I know. No. <laughs> but so you can get, you know, the white glove treatment, or you can get the basic SC WAN. But um, you know, Sterling Parent said at the end of the day, a lot of companies are less interested in what he called the whiz bang features and more just getting back to the basics. They want to reduce the complexity of these hybrid networks. So if you yeah. can achieve that, that's great. And maybe you don't need the butler. You know? Maybe. <laughs> it's like a very headline. Maybe you don't need a butler. Right. Yeah, like, I think it should. <laughs> suddenly, this is the uh, the light reading version of the Rob Report. Um, 
great. All right. Well, let's leave it there for now. We will definitely revisit this topic in the coming weeks because we've, we've only, we've only sort of set the table. There's a few uh, other issues in SD-WAN that we need to get to, and you've done a lot of reporting on this. So if you can't wait for the next podcast, definitely go to lightreading.com, search SD-WAN, or um, find uh, Kelsey's uh, byline on light reading, click on that. And that'll take you to uh, a list of all the articles she's written and you can track it there. Also, um, give our colleague Sterling, uh, Perrin a look on uh, heavyreading.com because his, uh, uh, research and his, uh, most recent reports, uh, you'll, you'll be able to find everything he's done on SD-WAN or, uh, white papers and things that he's put out in that regard. And, uh, that is it. Kelsey, thanks so much for being a wonderful interview subject and uh and uh you know an okay co-host <laughs> thanks bill for the glowing I review i can't give you too much credit it's okay. a, <laughs> yeah i don't want to get a big head <laughs> it's in my it's in my nature anyway um hopefully we'll uh, we'll 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 speak to you again soon okay talk soon thanks bill mm-hmm. bye Thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by Tian Fu in New York. Our show notes are all available at lightreading.com. As a reminder, you can get the Light Reading Podcast from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and dozens of other platforms and apps. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for getting your telecom news from lightreading.com. <laughs>